special look at disability rugby in Wales in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Difficult times all round over the last few months, of course, but that also applies to disability rugby in Wales, something that covers a wide range of disabilities in different forms of rugby, but with the same rugby spirit, of course. And there's still been plenty going on. Darren Carew is the WIU's Disability Rugby Coordinator and the perfect person to explain more. Darren, welcome to the podcast. It's been a pretty interesting time for everyone across the board in, in Welsh rugby, but there's been an awful lot going on in uh, the disability area. We'd just like to explain some of the things that you've been up to over the last sort of few months. Yes, of course, and uh, thank you for having me. So, you know, I, I was brought back in June, basically with a bit of a mandate to deliver and develop some inclusive content around this lockdown period. And, you know, we've been really, really busy over this last three months. So to kick off, uh, we're, we're bringing a new format in. Cardiff Blues have been quite successful with this, uh, visually impaired rugby. So in order for us to spread that across Wales, um, what we've had to do there is like build it from the ground up with the support of Change Foundation to be able to then take that across the whole of Wales. We've brought in a new inclusive rugby landscape as well. So we, with expanding our formats, everything sort of needed updating. And also I had the, the great fun of working with my two eldest children on uh, developing our inclusive at-home rugby sessions uh, titled Jersey for All. Just explain how that came about and how that worked. Well, um, initially I was just told, could you... Uh, write some sessions something that could be used at home initially it was could you do the sessions live uh, which I was a bit aghast at because I only recently had surgery back in February and for those who, who aren't aware I'm an amputee uh, so I had some surgery on my leg so I was only been back walking about three weeks so I said look I don't mind doing the sessions but can we please record them just in case I fall over um, so uh, we spent two days down at the Vale with a a crew that kept their social distance from myself and my two children, and we smashed out six inclusive sessions, which were um, have been really quite well received. I'm sure that sounds like quite a production. <laughs> well, it was the two hottest days that we'd had, so um, it was quite interesting, really, how well my children took to it, Arwen and Yestin, and how they acted like complete divas. So any time we had a break, I'd have to get them in my big Izuzu truck with the aircon on, and keep them topped up with water while we did the other bits. I burnt through factor 50, so I was quite done by the end of it. But it was a good experience, and and to be honest, jokes aside, the result was fantastic, and it's given us quite a lot of content that we can now sort of utilise further down the line, so we can chop those sessions up to the sort of uh, rudimentary elements, you know, the warm-up and the cool-down activities and the, the main sessions, and break it all down and put it on the game locker so it's available to be used. To be honest, we've had quite a lot of uh, feedback, especially from schools since they've been back in saying, oh, we want to use your sessions. They're great. Thank you very much. So that's been really positive. That's just an example of the way you've obviously got to do things completely differently. What else has been going on that you wouldn't have imagined was even possible to do in the current circumstances? Yes, yeah, so it's been quite interesting, a bit of a baptism of fire, to be honest, you know, going from a uh, disability rugby coordinator who normally is out running sessions or teaching people how to run sessions to people with disabilities. And I had to get involved in um, bringing out our own webinars 
We uh, delivered eight inclusive rugby webinars covering uh, visually impaired rugby, wheelchair rugby, uh, mixed ability rugby and and so on. So there was a lot of uh, getting used to the hustle and bustle of the technology and getting to grips with that as well. But to be honest, in all fairness, it's, it's been a pretty good thing to have because that sort of led to our inclusive rugby conference you know, where we were able to get sector leading experts from across the whole disability sports space and bring them into one area so they could feel their points of view to an audience virtually. Just talk us through the thinking behind the conference and how you made it work and, and what the effect of it has been. Well, it's been a bit of um, a culmination. So I've been working on the disability rugby strategy for over two years now. We've built quite a lot of currency in in the environment in Wales. So we felt we got to such a stage now that not only internally had we had quite a good amount of subject knowledge expertise, but also we developed good links externally to be able to then say, hey, look, this is something that we've been doing. It's a passion for us. Inclusion runs through the middle of the Welsh Rugby Union, and I'd like to think we've proven that. It was almost a sort of um, a showcase of how far we've come along, but also we felt we were in a position where we were able to bring in these experts and share their experiences with the community that we'd helped develop over the last few years or supercharge that community, so to speak, because it was always there and there was always an appetite for it. But we've just enhanced that now, I'd like to think. And what sort of lessons were people passing on? It was quite interesting to worry. We had um, a chap called Rob Townsend, who's out in uh, Wakato. He's a doctor out there. He works heavily in the, the para-sports field. He's more into cricket. And it was interesting to say that oh, he got dropped into a situation where he had to coach players with disabilities and he really struggled with it initially and that's sort of what fueled him now a common theme that we've come across while we've been trying to educate our coaches internally and externally in working with people with disabilities is about that fear factor and how to get over it so it was really interesting to see it come from a completely different point of view as far away as you could possibly get but the the common thread was the same so that was really interesting. We had Russell from Magic Academy working his magic as well and you know, showing his unique out-of-the-box ways of coaching and being able to get information across to participants in a fun and engaging way. And then we were able to speak a little bit about like Wales Deaf and you know, looking at what they're doing. We were really lucky to have the head coach of uh, Great Britain Wheelchair Rugby who took us through what it is really to lead towards um, the Paralympics and the level of training that needs to go in and, and, and the detail around that. Uh, you know, and then we did a good bit on talent transfer. We, we had a, a Q&A with some fantastic athletes and coaches from Disability Sport Wales where they were able to really take us in, into some detail on that. There was great learnings across the board. I know the you know, from the feedback we've had, you know, there's been a lot of positivity, but even within our internal group, there was always something that we were learning from each of the speakers that we had. And you talked a bit about the community you've built up over the last few years. Just describe what that community looks like around Wales. Yeah, so initially it was sort of small pockets. So when I first started within my role, my aim was really to just try and pull people together to first off provide them with a familiar face at the Welsh Rugby Union and someone that they would feel comfortable with getting in contact with. So for a classic example would be mixed ability rugby. So the oldest mixed ability team in the world is uh, Swansea Gladiators. 
and um, you had uh, Llanelli Warriors, which had been established for a very long time as well. Now, we had those teams set up in Wales. We also had Cardiff Chiefs had recently been set up, just as I was starting off. So we had three mixed ability teams in Wales. Give a bit of an intimate connection with them, help build on that. And then before you knew it, you know, we had teams across the whole of Wales. We were able to work with the teams that were there and build that sort of community by making them feel valued, saying, look, we're not subject experts here. How can we make mixed ability rugby successful across the whole of Wales? How can we replicate what you've done? You know, when we were able to do that by working with partners in Great Britain wheelchair rugby as well. So we linked up with our wheelchair rugby teams. And again, we've done the same sort of process there. So imagine I've got a table in front of me with each of the regions at the top. And I know how many mixed ability teams we've got, how many wheelchair rugby teams, how many inclusive community clubs, which are for children with disabilities. And I can see where the gaps are. So by building that community, it's self-supporting. And a classic example of that would be we would always invite the potential coaches for mixed ability teams down to Road to Principality to come and not only witness what it's like to see mixed ability rugby, but also to meet the coaches and the players and have that direct feedback. So it's not coming straight from us. It's coming from the people that are actually doing it day in, day out. So it's been really successful in building that community. Disability rugby covers a whole wide range of areas, but Hmm. how's it coping at the moment in these special circumstances we've had with covid over the last few months it's been quite tough on everyone you know i've had pretty good comms with with most of my teams and uh, you know recently put out a um, health check questionnaire to our mixed ability teams but it's like any team when you have that social connection and for most of us rugby is about that social connection it's being part of a family when you sort of take the bulk of that element away, be it, you know, around training nights and then maybe having a beer or match day and, you know, activities you do over the weekend it has a, an impact on everyone. Going back to mixed ability specific again, you know, like the group itself would have a lot of people that maybe don't have very big social circles. So they're quite dependent on that social network that they've developed within that team. And it goes like that across the board. So you know, people have really, really struggled. And I know speaking to a lot of coaches, they've been concerned, you know, with a big layoff time of not being able to engage. You know, they worry that they'll lose these players, not because, you know, they see them as players, but they, you know, they'll lose them as individuals as part of that family. So it's been quite positive, really, to get people back to training safely and under the guidance that's been provided, being able to connect in that way. But, you know, with that said, we set up a virtual clubhouse on uh, Facebook for people to engage. You know, I'm a member of quite a lot of the social media groups for our teams. And, and it's good to see that connectivity as well, that they just sort of kept themselves ticking over over lockdown period, just like anyone else has. Because even just to take one example of wheelchair rugby, everybody's quite close and bashing into each other. And it it's going to be yeah. very different especially with all the, the initial rules where training had to be held apart and then gradually you could build up groups and so on are people getting back towards any sort of normality with it wheelchair rugby is a little bit different so obviously the national governing body is uh, great britain wheelchair rugby we've been in, in close contact with them and trying to support them as well with their return to play being in an indoor sport effectively it's quite tough and challenging but with getting the 
the venues set up and COVID compliant and then making sure that the right information is taken across to the players as well so they know what they need to do. I think, to be honest, after such a long period of time where we've all been off, any sort of training, any sort of interaction is going to be worth its weight in gold. Because it's visually impaired, there's death, there's, mm. there's mental health, there's such a wide variety of different issues. Presumably you've had to come up with different approaches for each area, have you? Yeah, so for example, our um, inclusive community clubs, which are 6 to 16 year olds, any range of disabilities, and we've got these across um, all of the regions, their coaches have got a very, very close contact to the players and the parents and keep that relationship sort of ticking over. And I recently had a conversation with Ospreys in the community about them wanting to get their ICCs back because parents have been in touch and the kids are sort of missing it. It is quite challenging. What I always try and say is like, if you look at the people with disabilities within our sporting environment, they're struggling just as much as anyone else is within the sporting environment. Even though the challenges, you know, especially for some people that might be shielding or might have underlying health issues which are preventing them from being able to come back initially, even though that sort of number's a little bit greater, they're all just rugby players end of the day that just want to get back to training and, you know, get back to see their friends and their coaches and it is pretty similar in that respect. So it's been a difficult few months, there's been a lot going on to try and get things back. How do you see the next few months panning out? Yeah, that's quite interesting. I mean, like the guidelines you know are changing all the time aren't they so you know it seems we're going back and forth i wish i had the crystal ball and i you know i knew when we would be able to get back properly it's challenging but it's challenging for everyone you know i'd love to see all of our teams because you know we we sort of hit a range we've got people as uh, young as six playing rugby right the way up to 60 plus with um disabilities you know that's quite an age range isn't it you just sort of want to see them get back. I, I watched a video today on, on Facebook from one of the uh, special schools that I worked in and I, you know, I was missing it. I was like, I'm desperate to get back out and run some sessions for, for children, teens, adults that I work with because I genuinely love what I do. I wish you hadn't mentioned that now because it makes me just feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly don't want to do that. But of course, you do do an awful lot of coaching out in the field, uh, developing mm. other coaches as well with your expertise. We've talked in the Welsh Rugby Union podcast before, but just give a brief version of how you're in the position that you are now. You mentioned being an amputee and, of mm. course, an army background, you know, the cause of that. Just give a brief explanation of how you're in this position and an overview maybe of the WIU disability strategy over the last few years. Yeah, it was, it was quite um, a, a series of events that sort of led to me being sort of where I am at the moment, you know, like, you know, as it's been mentioned before, you know, I was injured in Afghanistan in, in 2008 and then went through a period of rehabilitation at Headley Court and, you know, left the military in my 30s as a pensioner, effectively. When we moved back home, you know, like for me, as I got more um, able and about on my prosthetic, just like any parent, take your kids down to the local rugby club. And, you know, I was the parent that probably had a bit too much to say, so <laughs> that sort of progress then to oh well you know do you want to jump in and help and I got onto a coaching course in Risker and I was uh, luckily on that course with a, a fantastic chap called uh, Nigel Way who's a coach development officer for the Dragons region. On the paperwork it says do you have any disabilities and I put down that I was an amputee and uh, Nigel always talks about this even now that the fact that he always reads the register now because 
we'd done the initial paperwork and stuff and he said all right we're going to do some practical now and i said oh, i just need to change my leg a minute and i had tracksuit bottoms on and uh, i can remember seeing nigel's face because uh, he sort of looked at me as if to say what are you on about and then i pulled my leg off and then i put a um, like a running blade on um so we always sort of recants on that but off the back of that course nigel had originally been like a disability officer for the welsh rugby union a good while back I had um, sort of like a plethora of qualifications through the military and I just sort of took to it. So he invited me down to the Disability Six Nations in Astrid Manach. He said, look, come down and check this out. You know, and I absolutely loved it. So it was just the, one of the best days I'd had since I'd left the military. You know, there were children there from loads of different special schools just having a great experience. And I can remember saying afterwards, you know, all oh, right, when's the next one? And they were sort of like, well, this is the only one we do. This is the singular annual event for children with disabilities across Wales. So I was, next question for me was, well, why can't we do more? And I said, well, well, let's have a look at that. So it sort of progressed from there that I was brought in as a community coach to run sessions. And I developed my own uh, disability schools program where I would go into a region with um, a few apprentices or a couple of other community coaches. And we would run our sessions in the region uh, for four weeks and then we would bring all those schools to one venue and run a, an inclusive rugby event highlighted to the Welsh Rugby Union the sort of appetite for it out there really cement the need for for change off the back of that then the disability rugby strategy sort of uh, started getting written and it, it was quite clear that if we as a union wanted to have a, a real impact across Wales it needed to be more than just me with a bag of rugby balls going into a school so that's why as part of the strategy it was important that we educated our hub officers our own staff and then push that externally so i developed a disability rugby cpd to sort of show people how to deliver to children with disabilities and what better way to do that than for every single one of those that we run in each region bring in a school a special school a class from one of the schools so i could run a session and then the actual um, participants then, the coaches on the course, they could be involved and they could find out about running a session. So we did those jointly with Disability Sport Wales and that was sort of the beginnings of our, you know, excellent relationship with Disability Sport Wales. So they would cover off the disability inclusion training element in the morning and then I would put it into a practical sense in the afternoon. And again, it, it was really good because you had a lot of experience there. You know, a lot of our hub officers play rugby to a good level, you know, and there was a lot of really, really good coaches there and for them to experience firsthand being able to run a session with a child or children with disabilities and you know having to deal with different situations and adapt it was a great learning tool so off the back of that then you then all of a sudden have got a workforce that have lost that fear factor that I was talking about earlier and are then confident enough to be able to go into schools without the support of myself and then be able to run their own sessions and you know with minimal sort of support you know maybe I get the odd email hey you know like what do you think about this I'm working with in a school that has children with hearing impairment how would you go about that you know so that helped us as well with then developing our online content through the game locker and continually sort of pushing that you know and it's and it has very quickly become part of what we do as coaching so it is beginning to infuse into all of our coaching across the board inclusion is something that we just sort of naturally think of whereas beforehand it would have been a um, more of an afterthought it's really good to be able to 
give that sort of element to our external coaches, you know, that are, you know, our volunteers that are working out in the clubs, you know, so we've built that experience across the board. And so we had a series of different elements that we were going to hit and we were looking at strands around mixed ability rugby, wheelchair rugby, our inclusive community clubs, our engagement across the board, you know, how can we best do that? So once the strategy was written, it was sort of my job to almost bring it to life. So, you know, we linked up well with uh, Wales Deaf. You know, I've been running the regional sessions in partnership with Wales Deaf, going into a region once a year and running the session specifically for children with hearing impairment. We've been doing that. We trained up last year a load of our staffers, um, wheelchair rugby level ones. So these guys then could go and run wheelchair rugby sessions. We've got our own wheelchairs. If our, any of our staff need the chairs, they, they're up in North Wales at the moment. They can just get those chairs. They've got the subject knowledge. They've been trained. They're qualified. They know how to use it. So what an inclusive workforce we've been able to develop through the strategy. And I'm looking forward to seeing how we progress. Well, absolutely. Oh, that was going to be my next question. I mean, I've been to some of those days held in the regions where they're really, really busy. Loads of people, loads of different people, able-bodied people with disability, a whole range of people trying out the chairs out of the chairs all those things they, they were great great events and obviously haven't been happening this year how yeah. <clears throat> progressing to the future are we going to get back to that and beyond what does the strategy say about where we can end up mm. we've made great strides and you know i just want to take this opportunity to just thank the regions for the amount of support they've given and the community teams, the um, you know, like Ospreys in the community, for example, or Cardiff Blues Community Foundation, the Dragons, everyone. RGC have put a lot of effort in as well. Without the support from the regions, we wouldn't have been able to get quite as far as we have because, for an example, at the moment, so if you're six years old and you have a disability, you play for your inclusive community club. Now, I'll, I'll pick the Ospreys as a classic example. Ospreys have got two ICCs in their region. That child in that ICC feels like they play for the Ospreys. They're part of that Ospreys family. So we've been able to connect all of these inclusive elements and sort of give them that regional identity. So hats off to the regions for adopting that. You know, that's really powerful and, and that's what provides sustainability. And when I first started off, you know, when we looked at the strategy, I was told, look, anything we do, it has to be sustainable. We're not in the realms of bang and bust. If you're going to do it, it needs to be there years from now. You know, and we've been really, really positive around that, leading into, you know, where the strategy goes. I can't give too much away because we will have our new strategy coming out in the, in the near future. So this sort of one's nearing its end, but that doesn't mean it's not going to get all the love that it's had over the last couple of years. I talked earlier on about that table where I've got each of the regions and then I've got VI Rugby, Wheelchair Rugby, Mixed Ability Rugby, Inclusive Community Clubs, our SEN Digital Classroom, but all of these elements that fit under that sort of disability strand. What we're looking to do now is we're going to push towards inclusion. So my role will sort of change slightly. I will not just be looking after the teams under that disability strand, but I'll also start looking after our homeless rugby teams, start working more closely with our IGR teams, our international gay rugby teams, and you know, and taking on more of the inclusive elements. So it's about, we've got this really, really good core from the strategy. How can we now push this out? Because we know it's been successful 
and provide that TLC to all of these other elements. Like I said, I don't want to go into too much detail because this, hopefully the strategy will be out in the next few months. But it is really exciting times going forward. And even though it's been a tough year, I've absolutely hated not being able to run the sessions or do the things I've done just as anyone else. Next year is going to see things ramp up again. And, you know, we're at the right stage for it as well. And that's the strategy going forward. Is there any part of that that's coming in sooner rather than later, Darren? I mean, it's quite interesting, really. Um, you know, I was talking a little bit about um, inclusion, you know. There are elements around lockdown where we're actually looking at a series of different collaborations with organisations geared to help, you know, the Welsh rugby family sort of bounce back from the effects of the pandemic. One of which, which I can talk a bit about at the moment, is back in the game. So it's just been announced now. So this is, um, you know, a relationship that, you know, we sort of teamed up with School of Hard Knocks. And it's all about trying to support the rugby family who have lost their jobs during the pandemic. In essence, you know, what it is, School of Hard Knocks are going to deliver a, you know, a series of free intensive courses. You know, they're going to be run all online and they're going to run over about five days. You know, and, and these are sort of geared towards everyone within that rugby family that has recently lost employment due to the pandemic. So, you know, male and female players, coaches, referees, volunteers, parents of players. The courses themselves will run on the Zoom platform, you know, and they'll be incorporating things like... Uh, personal well-being and physical activity workshops there'll be like practical one-to-one employability and um, advice and support you know and, and the courses won't be huge you know there'll be about 15 participants on each five-day course we're looking to run about seven courses over the next few months with school of hard knocks so it's really really good that we're able to like sort of try and give back in that way and there are more things coming as well well, that's really good to hear. Really exciting looking forward. Difficult few months, but we'll look forward with optimism. Mm. Darren, thanks very much for your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, fascinating developments there, and obviously more to come in the next few months. Plenty more Welsh Rugby news next week, of course, in the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye and stay safe.